listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm Jess O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist, here with my partner in crime, Brandon Ware. Back at it. Yes, everybody's happy to have Brandon back. And is actually just Brandon and I joining forces today to talk about questions you can ask of your partner to deepen understanding and deepen connection. So would you call these date night questions or is that too cheesy? Okay, I, I don't feel like I ever want date night. No, we don't do date night. But for those of you out there that do do date night... Sure, these could be date night questions. Or just regular night questions. Yeah, I think these are questions, sure, you could ask them over dinner at date night, or you could just ask while you're driving in the car. Or just ask them at dinner. Okay, yes, it doesn't have to be date night. All right. I don't know why I'm so adverse to date night. Is it a generational thing? Is it that I still think I'm 19 years old? Is it because you're thinking of the movie where things get out of control with Tina Fey? No, that was funny. Yeah, that was, that was pretty It was funny. actually kind of an annoying movie because there was a car chase in it. Was that the one with Marky Mark? Yeah, Marky Mark was in it. And he never had his shirt on. Yeah, well, I, I, I think that's really Marky Mark at his best. It is. Actually, I mean, listen, that guy was ripped in those Calvin Klein commercials. I don't even remember those. Remember those? No, I'm those jacked. Well, you guys have to understand I'm a lot younger than Brandon. Oh, really? Do you want to go there? (laughs) I am younger than you. You are younger than me. At one point when he's 100 years old, (laughs) I'll only be 97. For for six days. Yeah, and then I'll only be 98. (laughs) I want to live to be 100. So before we get started... I want to say a big thank you to Desire Resorts for their support of this podcast. Brandon and I just came back from Desire Pearl and Desire Riviera Maya. Did you burn your balls? Just leading right into that question. Well, your balls were out a lot. No, I did not. Thank you for asking, though. (laughs) It It was a short trip, but it was a great trip. I know the weather was fantastic and walked the beach, lots of sun. Saw other people doing crazy things. Did you? Yeah, I did. What did you see? This am I am I supposed to disclose on the Yeah, podcast? you can say what you saw. I mean don't use names. I don't think you knew any of their names. No, I don't know anybody's names. I mean, there's your your standard desire activities at the at the pool. Naked volleyball. Oh right, naked volleyball. Uh, foam party. Was there? Oh, I didn't see the foam party. I saw wisps of foam in the air. Did I? When was the I, foam I party? I listened to Charlie telling everybody about what they should be doing. I don't know, man. There were some crazy games going on by the pool. Do you want to know what I saw? I saw some sort of an inflatable unicorn with a hole in its buttocks into which you could insert, insert the object of your choice. Where was I when you saw this? I don't know. Where was I while you were at the phone party? True. <laughs> we were together the whole the whole time. Whatever. It was a great trip. 72 hours there and back. Yeah. It was amazing as always. We had a good time. I got to finally tan my white butt. And Brandon's butt is still super white. I mean, listen, I'm white. So, you know, I, I get a, a lesser shade of white. But you can't beat the white out of your butt. <laughs> Trust me, people, I've tried. (laughs) Anyhow, 
we're going to dive into this partner interview. And I just want to give you a little bit of background. So a few years ago, you may have read a New York Times headline entitled 36 Questions to Fall in Love with Anyone. And these 36 questions come from a study in the 90s by Aaron and Aaron, psychological researchers, who focus heavily on relationships. And what they were trying to do was generate interpersonal closeness in a short period of time. So these 36 questions were designed to help you get to know a stranger, encourage you to open up and be vulnerable, talk about your feelings, talk about your fears, talk about your memories. So what they did was they took these 36 questions and paired people up in a lab and they took turns answering and asking these questions. And then at the end of the experiment, they looked into one another's eyes. They gazed into one another's eyes. And Brendan and I have have worked our way through these questions in the past with one another. And what happened was two of the human lab rats ended up falling in love and getting married and inviting everybody from the lab to their wedding. So many years later, that's why the New York Times ran this headline, 36 questions to fall in love with anyone. Now, are these 36 questions going to make you fall in love with anyone? Of course not. But I certainly do think that they are an effective means toward generating interpersonal closeness, which was the goal. I think you get to know someone, you feel connected to them because they're opening up. And on a future podcast, I would like to go through 36 questions with Brandon. But Today, I wanted to go through another set of questions. So along the similar, a similar vein, but not designed for strangers, designed for people who are already in a relationship, like you and me, babe. We're still in a relationship, right? I sure hope so. Even though I said that thing about beating the white out of your butt? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so these are questions that I often assign in some of my workshops. And Brandon has never seen them. We have actually never gone through them together. And we have already gone through the 36 questions. And in fact, we revisit them every couple of years. We've been... Yeah, it's fun to listen to each other and how things have changed over time. And for those of you that have listened to my episodes of this podcast before, you might know that I'm not familiar with the questions that are being asked. So I'm giving you a pretty raw, some pretty raw answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. So I'm apologizing in advance is what I'm doing. But right? that's because he's Canadian. Eh? <laughs> so we're going to go through these questions and... I'm probably going to keep my commentary to you, the listener, to a minimum or absent altogether so that Brandon and I can just um, enjoy and benefit from the exercise and hopefully you'll benefit from listening. Uh, A quick note, the 36 questions that Aaron uses are available anywhere. They're on my website. If you just put 36 questions into Google or any app store, they will be the first thing that pop up. And they are really useful even if you're in a long-term relationship uh, because they're they're broad questions like, for example, uh, if you could have anybody as a dinner date, who would it be? I love these questions because it get away, it gets away from the typical questions that you've said people shouldn't always focus on. How right. are the kids? How's work? You know, what's on the agenda for tomorrow? These are 
it, it deviates from the norm. I say that's the death of conversation. When your conversation becomes reduced to kids and family, money and work, and your plans or agenda, those are, I mean, those are important conversations that you have to have, but they don't help to maintain the spark. They don't encourage you to to be vulnerable, to open up. So we're going to move into these questions now. And I think what we'll do is um, I will read one out and Brandon will answer first. And then for the next question, I will answer first. I'm kind of nervous. I'm get, we're going to get <laughs> into something here. You think we're going to get in a fight? I hope not. <laughs> we'll be okay. And if we do, I guess there's a lesson to be learned for everyone. Yeah, everyone can listen in. So first, baby. So we're facing each other. I'm looking into Brendan's. They're usually big eyes, but when he smiles, they're really small. They're just little slits. Describe one aspect of our relationship that you really appreciate. There are so many. Stalling. But right, I am totally stalling. But right now, the thing that comes to mind, and maybe it's because it's the middle of the workday, is the willingness to be flexible. I think, um, again, I'm thinking about how my work throws our lives uh, a curveball on a daily basis. I mean, I may not have anything to do one evening and then I end up working until 1030 at night. Uh, and I appreciate your uh, flexibility and your understanding. And I think that that goes beyond just work. That, that applies to just about everything. I mean, I have hobbies that I have uh, you know, signed up for, if you will, lately. Can I interrupt? <laughs> you will, man, I'm already, okay. I'm not supposed to interrupt, but it's, he signed up for a children's Taekwondo <laughs> studio. Just so you know, man, the woman who teaches it, she would kick my butt in a heartbeat. She's like 110 pounds soaking wet and she could kick me in the face. And is she 14? Probably. She's very young and she would absolutely destroy me. And yes, I have signed up for a karate class. Um, is it karate or taekwondo? I don't know what it is. It's like a combo of karate and taekwondo. So I'm a white belt. All you listeners out there, you want to get into a fight with a white belt? Come and come attack me. I know like six moves. Babe, are you going tonight though? I am not going tonight because oh, it's cool. Halloween. Okay, good. So this is you being flexible because I would be this so sad if you were going. This is me being flexible. And... So going back to what I appreciate about you and in this specific to this relationship, whether it's me going to a karate taekwondo class, you're, you encourage, you're flexible, and you're accommodating. And that understanding um, certainly helps me be my own person. It helps me um, excel at work. It helps me excel in my personal life outside of this relationship. And I think that that's really important. So that's the first thing that came to mind. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. No, and I... Thank I, you. I feel the same way. I mean, certainly my job is demanding and taxing and always changing. And, you know, I might hop on a flight in the morning or I might change a flight. And you're always not only flexible in terms of accommodating, but you do this super sweet thing and drive me to the airport all the time and move your schedule around. So thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so I have to answer the same question, and it's hard to answer after you've just provided your answer, but I, I think that I feel really grateful in this relationship for your level of commitment. 
So when things are tough, when we're apart, when we're fighting, from the beginning, babe, and I'm talking 17 years ago, I was 20, I was 20 when I met you. And how old was I? 35. <laughs> you were That's 35. Tell everybody. <laughs> he was 60. But from the very beginning, and this is where I think your maturity kept us together for the first 10 years of the relationship, you have always been committed to making it work. You've never, you've never threatened to leave. Um, but you, even when you need a break and need to walk out because you need to calm down, you always offer this reassurance that you're going to be back, that you're committed to making this work. You may not like me in this moment. <laughs> you and, and I've learned from that. And it took me a lot longer to get to that place because when I get mad, I may not explode on the outside, but on the inside, I am seething in anger. <laughs> and you have taught me that in the hard times, to always turn and say in in your own way, baby, I love you and I want to work on this, but I might need a minute. Or, babe, we're going to work this out, but not right this moment. Or, I really care about you, but if I stay in this room, I'm going to say something I regret. You're going to blow a gasket. Yeah, you. Yeah, so that's what I really appreciate is that you've taught me commitment. And it's not an unconditional commitment. It's not like I can do anything I want and you're going to stay. But you you always make me feel safe and secure with that commitment. And I think that's why I'm so comfortable taking so many risks. It's because in the end, I know that you want to be with me for the rest of our lives. And I want to be with you. And you've, you've taught me that. So that's... No, I mean, I, I am committed. I don't know why that commitment is so strong. I mean, I care so deeply for you. And I think threatening somebody with leaving or threatening somebody and hanging that over them, their head, whether it's in a fight or, or any time for that matter, isn't healthy. And I think it also goes back to the idea that soulmates, th this idea that if you find your soulmate, that everything will be easy in life and more importantly, in a relationship. And I'm referencing our intimate relationship right now. I'm referencing our our commitment to one another, but it doesn't mean that things aren't difficult. At times. It, at times. Mm -hmm. And I think it's right now there is this belief that if you find your soulmate, everything is sunshine and rainbows and friggin' unicorns all the time. And it's not. And sometimes it's going to be really tough. Mm -hmm. I look at you know, you've talked about not, you know, don't believe in the soulmate idea. And it's not that you can't have a connection with somebody, but even the best relationships go through difficult times. I look at some of the people whose relationships I aspire towards, or at least the commitment long term. I look at your aunt and your uncle and, you know, they've been together for how many years? We we had them on the podcast. They've been 50 some odd years they've been together. It's It's probably been almost 60 years. I mean, that guy, Mike, Mike kills me. He cracks me up, but I guarantee that they've had some difficult times and they've learned to push through and, and commit to one another over the long haul through thick and thin, through hard times. It doesn't mean you have to stay with somebody if it's, you know, if, if they're, they're abusive, if, if they're abusive yeah. or the relationship isn't healthy, but even in the healthiest relationships, you're going to have, you're going to have troubles. Yeah. And you know, when I look back on our time together, uh, and it's only just begun really, 
I realize that we haven't had periods that were difficult. Would you, like we have a moment or a day or a couple of days when we're fighting, but we've been lucky enough. I'm just going to knock yeah, on wood because I'm literally crying right now. <laughs> um, we've been lucky enough that, that in life, we haven't had weeks or months or a year we've had to fight through. It really is just a couple of days. And I bring that back to your commitment to work on the relationship and to knowing that it requires work. So overall, it requires work. But I also feel to some degree, like all that work has made the relationship kind of easy. And that commitment from, well, I hope you perceive my commitment this way, but and you demonstrating your commitment to me only strengthens my commitment to you. So I think that it builds each each person's commitment strengthens the other person's commitment and willingness to work through it because you're right we're really lucky yeah. when i think about things i know that there will be things that happen in our lives that are going to be very difficult in the future and that could be tomorrow it could be in 10 years from now and it's going to it's going to suck and i have to look to this relationship as a you can look to any relationship that you have but i look to this relationship for uh, strength and you know your commitment again just strengthens my commitment to you. Yeah, and so. but I do want to say that I credit you, especially, like I say, for like 10 years of this relationship for, I don't want to say I wasn't committed, but I don't think I understood or appreciated because quite frankly, I just don't think I was mature enough, right? We were, we were very young when we met. Which and, is funny because those of you that know me know that I am not mature. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you mess around and stuff like that and you wear your underwear on the outside of your jeans and other weird stuff. Only to work. <laughs> I mean. Uh, so, so, okay. So I think we'll move on to the next question. This is a lighter one and I'll answer first because we'll take turns answering. What first attracted you to me? So I will answer that. I remember the moment I met Brandon. I remember the way he looks at you when he's talking he's just talking to you and it's confusion i'm usually just confused <laughs> no that's not true and you don't just look at me that way it's not like you looked at me and gave me a special look because i'm special when you introduced yourself you looked me in the eye and i thought i had met you before i remember the moment i met you and then i remember that night we connected over some late night tv show about when squirrels attack it's real, man. Don't mess around with those squirrels. <laughs> Brandon and I met working in a nightclub. So that means that we would go home, not together, but at three or four in the morning. So when you go home at three or four in the morning, back in 1999, there was nothing on TV except some weird program. Like sometimes you could get Law and Order and other times it was a program like When Squirrels Attack. So the first thing that attracted you to me was the way you look not just at me, but the way you look at everyone when, when you're speaking to them. You are never looking for the next best thing. You're never looking over their shoulder. You're just looking at me. And you're still like that, not just with me, but with, I see that with everyone. And I, I want to quickly apologize for the banging. I don't know what's going on. Somebody's constructing something next door. Right. So what first what attracted, attracted you to me? I won't lie. You were super hot. And I was just kind of in awe. And then when you spoke to me, you were super smart and really funny. And we watched apparently the same television shows. 
<laughs> if you live in Toronto, you see Harry Stinson on TV selling peddling condos at one <laughs> thirty in the morning at One King West. There wasn't a whole lot to watch. That but was no, a, like to give some context, that was a late night real estate infomercial twenty, like 20, 15, years, 20 ago. years ago. But no, you were hot and you were smart and you were funny and I was a barback at a nightclub downtown Toronto. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the barback, you're a busboy. You clean up the bar and you set up the bar. And I had a great time doing that while I was finishing my, uh, my degree. But I just remember being like babbling, being like, wow, That's pretty girl true. talking to me. Let's talk about when squirrels attack. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, those, those were the things that caught my attention at first and continue to keep my attention for a long time I try. and still do i try whenever i land from wherever i'm traveling from i always kind of just like freshen up maybe put on some lip gloss before i get off the plane and uh, i think about how my personality is not going to keep you so <laughs> so i gotta try something I, okay thank you this next question brandon when do you feel closest to me being put on the spot it's hard to come up with intelligent answers you don't have to be intelligent do i feel closest to nobody you nobody expects that from you sure they don't. <laughs> just be funny be intelligent be pretty kidding. um i probably feel closest to you when i'm most relaxed Mm -hmm. uh, when I have a chance to breathe and just enjoy the moment and be mindful and to be present because I really struggle with that. I'm busy with work and that's not a badge of honor that I like to wear, but I find I'm very consumed throughout the day and, and that extends to weeks and months where I like work. It's fun. It's interesting. That being said, there are times when I can't relax and when I find I do have an opportunity to relax with you is when I do feel most connected to you. But finding the time and being aware of how I need to be present and I need to focus in and to be in the moment, I find very difficult. And I know that... Um, but you, you know, work on it. I, I do work on it. I, you know, guided programs and processes help me immensely. And when I do use those tools, I find that it's, it helps so much. It helps to slow down and to stop. It's just hard to do. It's a choice that we make. And it's a choice that I have to be conscious of breaking where I, I choose to. So anyway, that's a long-winded answer to when I'm most relaxed is when I'm most connected. For me, I feel, I'll tell you a few times. So when I'm on my period, I feel a need for you. Like I feel like I just want to be physically close to you. Like a need for me to go get things or <laughs> a scream. need for me to leave the room? <laughs> no, I feel it. I feel um, a desire to be physically close to you. I don't, it's just hormonal. So when I'm on my period or about to start my period, I feel a desire to be physically close to you. And then when we physically touch i need physical touch then i feel most connected to you so that's that's one thing and then the other is when you tell me something's wrong because you don't often come to me and you you don't complain or how do i say it when you tell me something is you're struggling with something 
I feel close to you because I feel like we've created some sort of a space that's safe enough for you to come and tell me that. Do you mean when I'm being vulnerable? Yes, it's but you're often vulnerable. Like you're not, you don't hold back at showing vulnerability in certain ways, but it's when you come to me and kind of, I think, seek, actively seek my support. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we just need one second <laughs> to look at each other here. Okay, so this one's much lighter. And I position these questions to clarify again. These are not the Aaron and Aaron questions. These are the O'Reilly, <laughs> Jessica O'Reilly questions that I use with clients. If I were to initiate sex tomorrow night, how would you like me to do it? I really should have let you ask that because I'm going to answer first. Oh, go so right ahead. So if you were to initiate sex tomorrow night in an ideal world, um, I would like no one else to be home. <laughs> Check. <laughs> that is not including me or <laughs> like a little self-love no i would like just you and me to be home alone which obviously isn't going to happen but what i want in initiation is i want to be kissed i want to be kissed passionately and i want you to show me intense desire for me i don't want you to kind of see if i'm in the mood I don't want you to ask, let, let me be clear, I'm not talking about blurring lines of consent. I'm just asking you to very clearly express desire for me. So you want the approach from behind? <laughs> no, I do not want I do not want the poke from behind. It's <laughs> <laughs> my jam. Yeah, so I want a little bit of confidence and aggression and I want kissing. Note to self. Now, I don't even know if you should answer that this question because I know you just want me to poke you from behind. <laughs> I do not want you to poke me from I behind. Got, I got the strap on. Right you okay. Okay, if I were to initiate sex tomorrow night, how would you like me to do it? Kind of depends how I'm feeling, but most of the time going along with that whole theme where I have a lot on my mind, I need to be disconnected from that. And I find that that's the most difficult thing for me to do. So I'm thinking rose petals, a little vanilla scented oil. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not in the mood for that. Probably more being honest. I would love a massage, a back massage, maybe help me relax. From me? No, from <laughs> our neighbor. Just get somebody to come over, rub my back for an hour because <laughs> that's not inappropriate. That would be really helpful if someone else could give you a massage and get you in the mood. I'm sorry. You, you, you can probably do that. It's just be a surprise to me. <laughs> be like, hey, Steve, what are you doing rubbing my back? Um, anyway, no, I need to be relaxed and I need to be um, disconnected from work. And to do that, I need, I need time. I do. And that's the problem that I have is that by the time I finish work, I, I don't disconnect. So going back to your question, give me, give me a back massage, maybe mm -hmm. kind of just throw on some chill, relaxing tunes, mm -hmm. seriously, dim the lights, man, nice and dark. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how I'd want you to initiate it. Okay. If I'm in a rush, mm -hmm. let's just get down. But, but again, for this purpose of the conversation tomorrow, like an hour and a half long massage. <laughs> <laughs> little, little John Legend in the background, you know? 
You always have John Legend playing. We went to that John Legend concert. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, he's pretty talented. It was incredible. And his 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 songs, his lyrics, everything has meaning. It was and it, and it's just anyway, I thought it was fantastic. One of my favorite artists. So the music matters to you and a lot of touch. I realize you you like a lot of touch. I mean, an hour and a half. Can we compromise on yeah, that? Yeah, sure. I mean, we can make it 2 hours, but <laughs> you know, that's fine. An hour and a half. I don't is fine. know. I don't know about that. Anyway. Okay. Next. What's one thing you'd like to work on in our sexual relationship? So, because of what you do, I find that we haven't, like over the last few years, things have become, I wouldn't say um, repetitive or anything like that, but I find, let's be honest, there's a lot of harassment that, that you're dealing with on the regular. Like it blows my mind the number of people that send you genitalia photos unsolicited. Like I don't know how most people were raised, but unsolicited dick pics is not appropriate. And the harassment just blows my mind. So anyway, a little off topic, but if we were to, if, if we were anonymous, I would probably want to go to more clubs and more, not, not sex clubs, but just, um, you know, I, I'm interested in different realms of sexuality. Like I don't, I don't know that I've ever been to like a real dungeon before where I've, I've observed, but I haven't necessarily partaken in the activities or, I mean, we've been to certain clubs that are very interesting, but I felt like I've been there more uh, from a, a working perspective mm-hmm. as opposed to an enjoyment perspective. Mm-hmm. And I would love the anonymity to just go and observe and enjoy. And if the mood struck to participate, and not necessarily with somebody else, mm-hmm. but just with you, because mm-hmm. I think that that environment, that erotically in charged environment can mm-hmm. be very, what's well, it's, it's stimulating. It's, mm-hmm. it's arousing. So, um, I think that the, the shackles of normal life do prohibit a lot of people from kind of expanding their horizons and doing that. And I think for us, a part of it is it's uh, sometimes it's work, mm-hmm. like our sex and relationship lives become work. And I don't know that I've, we've really had this conversation before. So this is pretty real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess I think I forget that I've been to a bunch of dungeons and I've had all of these things, you know, I've had to try them out to understand mm-hmm. them, but I've done them in a learning way mm-hmm. without you. And so I, I would agree that if we could enhance or work on in one thing, it would be to take the time to go to some of the places that I go for work, but go for pleasure. And it, and one of the challenges is I wouldn't want it to be the same places. Like we'd have to go overseas. I, I agree with you. I yeah. think we'd have to go, listen, it sounds terrible, but we'd have to go to Europe. South we'd of have France, to go to, to Asia, you know, mm-hmm. and do it and go there. But I think that's really what it is, is the places that we talk about, oftentimes they're educational for mm-hmm. us. Like we're going and and sharing with the Hang people that though. we've... Let's be honest. We had a little fun at Desire last Yeah, okay. Week. So, you know, some stuff. Anyway. And he's like, we're not going to talk about that. And, and like, we're not. No. But we, we've been... And it's hard for me to push myself. Well, I, I don't want to. The truth is when I'm working, I'm working. And even if I'm, not, I'm off the clock, it's not like I'm on the clock 24-7. But I don't want to be... I don't want to be watched as Dr. Jess. Like, I'm just Jess we're just nor like you know what i don't want to be we're not a big deal 
but I know that sometimes people do look at you as the educator, as the person, you know, the know-all of everything, sex and relationships. And sometimes I don't, I just, I'm sure that you want to be a regular person. For me, I don't know when I think about some of the people <laughs> that you've talked about, like there was the gentleman or the person identifies as a, as a gentleman who enjoys having his genitalia stepped on. Not my jam. I can tell you that right off the bat. I don't need to go to a dungeon to know that I do not like that. You know what's interesting is we have the Everything to Do with Sex show coming up in Toronto this weekend, as well as the Taboo shows coming up in Calgary and Edmonton over the next couple weeks. And they have some really amazing dungeons there. So I think that'd be really cool for you, just because I'll be working, to go off and check some of them out. And then you could kind of come back to me and tell me what interests you, what definitely doesn't interest you because you're not going to be into all of it no i can i definitely i mean i use the to me the the dungeon thing is i'm just interested because i don't know much about it mm -hmm. and i haven't been really to one other than that the everything to do sex show or the taboo shows mm -hmm. and i don't know that that's really my thing but it's just the idea of going to those and not going in an educational from an educational perspective more so from an enjoyment perspective right and it could be experiential without being sexual as well yeah yeah definitely. So I know that Brendan has to go because he was flexible and cut into his schedule today. We have five more questions on this interview to get through. So we'll do a part two. Thank you, babe, for sitting and doing this with me. My absolute pleasure. I hope I didn't stick my foot in my mouth in some way. No, not at all. No, I really appreciate it. So I know Brendan has to run, so I'm going to cut him off and say thank you so much for listening thank you to desire resorts that's just an honest conversation coming from us i think i would have liked to add more commentary but i think this is actually just a really useful exercise for you you and me babe yeah it was great i enjoyed it yeah so thank you all have a wonderful week and we will have a new episode every Friday, 9 a.m., Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Have a great week. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. Improve your life.